Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast came to help them find a way. Because of this, makers became founders and lived the lives they deserve. Because of this, founders live lives of abundance, freedom, and creativity. That's what I'm really all about. Hello, my name is Aziz and from being a poor boy born to a single mother in North Africa, to fail in multiple startups yet learning a whole lot, to barely escaping alive the war in Ukraine, even living as an illegal immigrant, I've lost everything twice and now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day sharing the wisdom of luminaries I've interviewed on this podcast from Google executives to Amazon, Microsoft, Forbes Technology Council, Harvard, Financial Times, and even a priest from the Vatican Church. Everyone is welcome here. So let's begin. My guest today is Pierre de Wulf. Pierre is the co-founder of Scrap and Bee, a service that handles headless browsers and rotates proxies for you. Pierre is bootstrapping Scrap and B, currently making $1 million ARR with a team of three and sharing all the lessons learned along the way. Pierre, how are you today? Hi, well, thank you for having me. And uh, I'm fine, I'm fine. Thank you. I would like, you know, this podcast can go in a more business or personal, you know, direction. So to you these days, what seems to be a topic or a goal or a realization that you keep on thinking about that demands your thought and that is important for you? Uh, That is a good question. And uh, something I've been recently thinking about more was... Okay, what's next? Well, what's going to happen after Scraping B? Because, so Scraping B, I've been working there for three or four years. Um, I feel like I'm not going to work there for another 10 years. I don't know, I just feel it that way. And so I'm just wondering, Okay, once I'm done with scraping B, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to build next? What are going to be my my priorities? How am I going to uh, invest in the communities? How am I going to to try to make a difference in the world? So I'd say that's what I'm thinking about a lot lately. Thank you, and I love your thoughts, yet I will play the devil's advocate. You know, there is a philosopher that was saying that humans try to optimize and to grow all the time, and sometimes it's unrealistic, unhappy, it's escaping from the moment rather than being present. And I'm not saying I agree or disagree, I'm just asking for you, why does there need to be a next if what emotion or what would be missing from your life if there was no real next? It was more of 
10 years of doing the same work. Just wondering, because, you know, for example, in karate or in martial arts, you can do the same punch for 10 years or something like that in order to perfect it. And they don't think about like the more advanced uh, kick or the more uh, advanced thing. It's about being in flow with the process. So Tai Chi is one of that. They say that Tai Chi masters become the best at uh, when they become masters, they become the best at Kung Fu or at uh, martial arts because they do almost the same things until they become so perfect at them that other people cannot even compete. So what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, so it, it makes me think about uh, an internal debate, like so, something, uh, some thought I have internally, like intensity against uh, consistency basically. So do I want, so yeah, just as you said, like keep doing the same things in order to be in peace with myself or the best in what I'm doing, or do I want to discover something else elsewhere that I do not know? And I'm think at least at this stage of my life that I'm looking towards uh, the later. So I think I want to, to discover other things, not because there is something missing currently in my life, but just out of sheer curiosity. Like that's what drives me, discovering new things, talking to new people, going to, to other places. And so, uh, I also understand when you said, okay, so you could be trying to escape something from your current life by look, by trying to look after something else constantly. And so the way I see things is like, I move, I stop on this place for a few years, just trying to go dig to a subject trying to improve myself, trying to learn new things, trying to participate in a new communities. And then I moved on to a new topic, to a new chapter. And maybe that will change when I'm, when I grow older, when I have a family, when whatever, I think everything changed constantly. But currently that's, I think that's how I want to live my life. Thank you. And when you move on to a new place, what do you take from the older place? Are you excited about starting from scratch and building the whole thing and the difficulty and bootstrapping and all that? Or do you take some resources, relationships, new things from like valuable things from the old place in order to not start totally from zero in the new place? Or how do you approach it? Well, yeah, I think I, I take as much as I can because for me, the goal is not to do something difficult, is not to create artificial difficulty for the sake of difficulty. If I can't do it in an easiest way because I have this experience, because I know those things and those tools, I would use it totally. So yeah, I think I take everything I learn along the way I think the most important lesson I learned, they are engraved in my memory. So it, 
it's like I cannot not take them to the new places I'll go the new places I'll, I'll visit and uh, yeah the idea is to like every adventure every chapter is a brick uh, building your your life basically I love what you're saying my own experience is actually like if we use your metaphor anytime you go to a new place it's so difficult to succeed like the probability and the need for being at the good place uh, at the right place at the right time having some luck knowing the right people it's it's like a tremendous task and therefore actually it's the friends the communities and the people who you make along the way like that make all the difference and allow you to be able to explore and to create real value in this world in new places because one of the truths even about entrepreneurship you can create the perfect startup but you can be a bit too early or too late or uh, like not say the exact words that the marketplace needs to hear and suddenly you go bankrupt and fail even though you did something great but to me it's like and using again your metaphor if you know people who are at another place and who are already have built some foundation there if you go and that foundation lifts you to share the value you have then you're a lot more likely to help people than being an unknown anonymous person in the middle of nowhere trying yeah. to build that foundation what are your thoughts about this oh i totally agree i think we we all build, I mean, maybe not all. I mean, I, I, I'm obviously biased because I, uh, I'm building in this very digital world, of course. So, of course, there's Twitter, there's podcast, there's website, there's this infinite amount of resources. So I can only talk about what I know. But for sure, for us, everything we build, we build it on the top of someone else's, someone else's work, someone else's thought, someone else's tools, someone else's advices. Uh, yeah, totally. How important was networking and or having allies and like the right people within the community helping you contributing to your success? Did you have experiences that because you knew someone that you helped in a way that helped you back that made all the difference or because a lot of founders they neglect networking they think that technical skill is everything and if you create the right thing then people will come to you and your success is guaranteed well to you which path did you follow did you create a community of people helping each other and that made all the difference or how did people contribute to your success? Okay, so I'd say that I'm not a big networking guy. Like, I don't go to cocktails or to parties. And I'm not the kind of guy who will talk to everyone, uh, you know, trying to befriend anybody. Uh, I'm not that type of person. Uh, I don't have a big network either. Like. I've only been working for a year in Paris. I haven't gone through a prestigious school. So, so there is that. But 
I was lucky enough to to come across some very generous person in my life. And in particular, particularly, for example, during my last job, which was also my first uh, computer job, the, the CFO of this company, well, I made a deal with him, which allowed me to, to quit the company, but to also uh, get uh, an employment benefit from the French state which was key for me to begin working on my own project. And in order to get thus uh, an employment benefit, I needed basically to have a letter from my former employee, employer, stating, well, yeah, Pierre is quitting, but from mutual agreement, he's not quitting uh, only by himself. And he, he had no reason at all to do this. And yet he did it. And it was out of sheer... Um, generosity, you know. So I'd be lying if I'd say that I didn't have help from people uh, early on. But yeah, definitely not a, a big network, at least in the beginning. Thank you. And nowadays, since you're always exploring, always trying to move to the next place, what trends or um, industries or fields seem to attract you or new ideas that could be a place for you to go next? I always have all those um, almost open door in my head about things I want to explore, but I'm not sure yet if I want to go all in in it. So I'd say there are three things that got me interested recently. So first, there's 3D modeling. So I've recently been learning Blender and I, I just like it. I learn a lot along the way. I think it's very interesting. You learn a lot about how a computer works, um, about uh, computing imagery and all. So I think it's an interesting field. There is maybe no, no business to make around it, but it's just things that get me going. Then there's a knockout space. This, I found it. Uh, amazing. I've been using using it a bit more recently, and there's definitely some awesome tool to build around it. And yeah, I think it's only the, the beginning of this whole thing. And the third thing is uh, woodworking. Like there's part of me who, who just want to, to open a, a woodwork shop uh, somewhere in uh, the French countryside and and live and live from it. So yeah, those are my three underlying interests currently. Thank you. And as a someone who grew up in France, do you feel the culture there was helping you become an entrepreneur and some of the things you learned from the French culture made you a better entrepreneur? Or are you different from the people around you and unique in a way that allowed you to be an entrepreneur while most people will be more focused on being an employee and doing having jobs and doing work? Mm, so, so I wouldn't say I'm unique in any way, uh, but I wouldn't say that France really, uh, how do you say, like really promote entrepreneurship from an early age, like they definitely don't. And I think it's a shame 
And it's like, yeah, when you're in school or in the university, yeah, it's like entrepreneurs are by default those bad, greedy people making billions over the back of thousands of slave employees. It's so, of course, I'm uh, I'm exaggerating here, but that's the the idea, the impression I got. And I wish more people talk about entrepreneurship as as something normal, you know, like it shouldn't be exceptional to be entrepreneur because actually it's not, it's not an exceptional thing to do. Like you meet entrepreneur every day. Like when you go buy some bread, when you go to the shop, when you go change your tire, when you go to the doctor, when you, you know, every day you meet entrepreneur and an entrepreneur shouldn't be, is not only someone like Elon Musk or, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, whatever. And uh, so, so, yeah, uh, I wish in France entrepreneurship was demystified and was made more like a normal pass and, uh, uh, yeah, were promoted way more. So what attracted you to the entrepreneur life or with its... <laughs> you know, ups and downs and worries. And sometimes you don't know if you're making a mistake or what tomorrow will bring or anything like that. I think what attracted me was uh, the freedom that went, that comes out of an uh, entrepreneur life. Like mastering my time for me was the biggest goal I wanted to achieve uh, as soon as possible. So you know, I wanted to be able to to have a lunch with my grandfather and spend three hours on lunch with him, listening to him, telling me stories about his life, with having it to, to go back to work for someone else. And secondly, being able to, yeah, to, to create big outcomes for myself. Like when I worked in Paris, I knew that whatever, whatever work I did, whether it was bad work or awesome work, the big outcomes would be for my CEOs, for my boss. And it happened, like, n not thanks to me, but the company sold for $200 million. And yeah, none of the employees got money out of it. And yeah, only the founder got that big outcome possibility. So, so yeah, I'd say that those were the two main reasons that uh, led me to to work on my own. I like that. It seems to me that curiosity, freedom, as well as being rewarded for your contribution are very important for you. Is this yeah. correct? Yeah, you're you're right. <laughs> Do you see or perceive or believe that a lot of people are similar to you, that they follow their curiosity, they go after their freedom? Or do you believe it's not even cultural? Some people are born to look for safety and to stay within their comfort zone. And some people are born to be outside their comfort zone. And like for me, for example, if I stay within my comfort zone, sometimes you think, look, and we spoke about this when I play the devil advocate, but if I stay doing the same things every day without expanding, I feel like I'm dying or it's like, I don't know how yeah. it is, like a feeling inside, like you're not living, you're repeating the same day again and again and again and again and again, and it's horrible. 
while for some other people who I had, you know, a corporate job before and I quit it because every person I spoke with, they're like, yes, we come every day, we do our work, we go watch TV, waiting to be 60 something to retire. And I'm like, what if you die at 40 or 50? <laughs> <That's> yeah, not... <laughs> no, no. I That's... agree. Yeah, so definitely time is something we could talk about for hours. And I totally agree with you. Uh, about your initial question, I think we all like to stay in our comfort zone, but I think some people have a static comfort zone and other people have a moving comfort zone. And so when you picture it, you tend to think as a comfort zone as this, you know, like as it's a green carpet in the middle of somewhere and you want to stay on this carpet and not move. And so that would be yeah, maybe people who take a full-time job and, uh, and just stay there for 40 years and they're very happy doing it. And staying on their comfort zone allowed them to, to really build a happy life. Like they genuinely enjoy it. And others also have this carpet, but the carpet is moving and sometimes growing, sometimes shrinking, sometimes going at the completely, complete opposite side of the room. And I think I'm on a moving comfort zone. What beliefs or perspectives do you have that allow you to have such a moving comfort zone? And what advice to any person who really have such a static comfort zone, but they're unhappy in order to expand their comfort zone? Because one thing, um, some people might have tried to expand their comfort zone, but they failed and failed and failed again, which is normal. You know, all successful people are part of the club of constant failures. <laughs> but some people think, oh, if I fail once or twice, then I'm not good enough. And this is not meant to be. And maybe I'm not the right person and all that. So what beliefs allow you to continue exploring even in the face of the unknown and of failure? And what advice do you have to people who want to have such a moving comfort zone? So about the failure, I'd say that no one cares if you fail, like really. And uh, I failed very often, almost every day. I, I try something and I fail, like, I don't know, like I try to cook something new and it's not good at all. I try to, to draw something and I'm terrible at drawing. And so it's ugly. And uh, I try to, to read a book and it's just too boring and, and too long and I don't finish it. Like I fail probably every week, but no one cares because first no one knows it. And even if they did, they wouldn't care. So I wouldn't let failure be a mark of whatever, except a mark that you tried to do something new. And a second, I'd say, yeah, if you fail, keep trying, maybe something totally different. And, uh, and try to, to really wonder, what do you really want to try? And do you want to try this because you see someone else trying it and you want to be like him? Or do you genuinely want to try these things because deep inside you, you know that you'd love him, you'd love it, you know? Like, 
I've seen people, you know, wanted to write a book because they saw those famous people on Twitter writing books. And so they thought, okay, if I want to be successful, I need to write a book. But in the end, they don't like to write. And so they fail, as you could say. But if you try to genuinely wonder, okay, why do I really like? Why do I want to like? Why do I want to get into? I don't say how you could fail. Like you, you might not reach top level your first try, but incrementally, incrementally, you'll get better and better. That's for sure. Thank you. And actually, I find that people who fail a lot are the most interesting, introspective, and full <laughs> of wisdom compared to people who are lucky to happen to like get a lot of success. They are more shallow or they don't see life with such depth or the pain and suffering of failure teaches you to be humble and that keep going you know when you keep going like rocky uh, even if you're getting punched in the face yeah it exactly. makes you a great person like really solid human being i i agree just keep going no one cares that you fail and uh eventually you'll find your thing like, and really, like, I want to stress that point. Nobody, two things. Nobody cares. They have 20 other things that they will be thinking about in the next minute yeah. after you. And the second thing, what is the alternative, really? Because yeah. it's yeah. like life or people, they don't care if you fail, but they also don't care if you succeed in many ways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's only you who should take from life and create what you want and your freedom. Nobody will come and say, Oh, I will give you like uh, a million dollars every year so that you can have the experiences and have dinner with your grandfather when you want and blah, 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 and visit India. And like, nobody will like, you have to create that. And the only alternative is your life passes by, you don't create it and you're 60 and you regret and think, wow, I never did all the things that I wish I have done. And then even then nobody will care. So at least now people won't care about you failing, but you're trying and that gives you energy and motivation to wake up in the morning and feel today maybe could be the day I change my life. Yeah, uh, that's perfectly put. Like I have nothing to add to about this subject. Yeah, I, I completely agree. What's Thank your you. alternative? And uh, yes. try to genuinely answer that answer and that question for yourself and you'll see what you really want in your life thank you very much pierre and if people want to follow you to learn more about you to learn about your current business or any future projects what are the best links for them to do so and i'll make sure to write some in the description so if they want to, to learn about what I share, I share a lot on Twitter. So usually less profound stuff than the stuff we talked about today during the, this great conversation. But yeah, I share everything I learn, my failure, my day-to-day -day experiment on, on Twitter at Pierre de Vulf. And uh, for the business, yeah, they could go on uh, scrapingb.com and uh, if they do some web scraping, need an API, just come and say hi on the support chat and I'll be there. Wonderful. Thank you, Pierre. It was a privilege, an honor, an enriching conversation. And I wish you a great day full of 
curiosity, freedom, and failure. Well, thank you very much for having me. Like, I did not expect that conversation to be to be that good, that profound, and to talk about those things. But yeah, it was definitely. Uh, I definitely loved it. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.